0: welcome to uncontained episode 190 i am your host aaron static render and on the show today i have an awesome guest for you one that has been in the making for a while mainly ever since i talked to my first guest tom garland he introduced me to filmmaker joe clark and joe clark and Tom Garland made a movie featuring this guy, a documentary called Headstrong, which was supposed to be a documentary about Rob Van Dam, WWE icon, going out and doing stand-up comedy. But the film took a change when Rob suffered a concussion the night before going on tour so the video took on a whole new level of meaning and uh, importance talking about mental health and uh, your brain health to be specific getting hit in the head a bunch of the time CTE and this week I am excited because I have the man himself on the show the whole effing show rob van dam that's right we get to talk about making the movie and how his opinion of the movie had changed being that he didn't want to show vulnerability at first he wanted to keep up the superman image and since headstrong has come out he's kind of taken on the role of an ambassador of brain health so it has helped other professional athletes come out and talk about it and not be afraid to shed that superman image as well so quickly before i jump into the interview For those people who aren't as familiar with my guest RVD or Rob Van Dam, he has been a professional wrestler for 30 years and been in movies, done stand-up comedy, and now he is actually coming out with a CBD line to help uh, out with help professional athletes and other people suffering from body ailments and brain ailments because CBD is good for the brain. We'll talk more about that in the episode. If you haven't yet, make sure you go to your podcast player of choice, rate, review, and definitely subscribe. The ratings and reviews will help other people find the show and while subscribing will help you get the show automatically and notified when new episodes come out of Uncontained. So do that. Just click that subscribe link and uh, share the show with a friend. I would appreciate that greatly. We are also on YouTube as well, so you can uh, check out the audio there. We haven't got video on there yet, but maybe someday that will be coming. So I do not want to keep you any longer from the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. Plug in your earbuds, turn them up. This is how Rob Van Dam lives uncontained.
1: How are you doing today, Rob? Dude, uh, I am awesome. Today is a day off which is one of my preferred days. I always prefer day off. <laughs> and, um, leaving tomorrow for uh, Mexico City to do uh, back-to-back uh, TV tapings on Friday and Saturday for Impact Wrestling. So I always, always keep a little busier than I want to be.
0: So that's not necessarily a bad problem to have, but I do prefer the days off myself as well. Let's just jump to it right now, man. Uh, I saw the movie Headstrong uh that uh two of my past guests were involved in Tom Garland who was uh the first guest ever on my show and then uh Joe Clark who uh directed the movie and shot the movie and produced the movie and uh what a show man uh I know it I know it kind of took on a different a different life to it than it was intended at first correct
1: that That's putting it lightly, yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) So the idea at first, uh, which was Tom's, you know, Tom, um, as I'm sure you learned, um, was managing some comedy tours for me, you know, throw throw a tour together. And he said, hey, you know, how about we bring a camera and, um, you know, just make like a little film out of the road trip. I I thought that'd be a great idea. Particularly, I wanted to share what it's like being RVD, you know, like when I'm, in front of people and when I'm out in public and uh, I got a really cool life and I just thought people would really enjoy that and maybe get some positive energy from it so um, I was really looking for that and you know showcasing a little stand-up comedy but I showed up on day one for the stand-up comedy tour with a concussion and um, I've had hundreds of concussions and they never last very long so I thought that I would just be able to continue with the yeah. tour. Yeah, and maybe not even mention the concussion, but every night that I thought I was going to wake up fine in the morning, I I had double vision is what I had. That was the symptom that I just could not shake. Night after night, um, I'm up there on stage and the lights like burning through my eyes and burning my brain and uh, I didn't know uh you know depth my depth perception was off i didn't know like where this where one step ended and another step began uh but um you know i I made it through and still had the symptoms so then the documentary became about something much bigger than just a little stand-up comedy that might have been a youtube i don't i don't know but this ended up encompassing my entire life because as you saw in real time like with the camera I'm wondering about my health. I'm going to get checked out. Do I have CTE? If I do, how am I going to react to that? And so it's very, very real, uh, which is something that I hope I always be remembered for um, is is being really real and authentic because I I take pride in that. And so this is completely real and up close and personal. And I'm getting an MRI and vision therapy and CAT scanned. And then I have to show how I got here by, you know, throwing in the other aspects of my life. Oh, yeah. Became something much bigger, something that I'm really proud of uh, because me and Joe worked so hard on it. Um, And uh, the feedback I've gotten from people that that watch it has has been amazing. Like I had no idea people were going to find it inspiring to watch me go through and around life's obstacles and, uh, you know, to continue to keep my spirits up. Uh, So many people have told me that watching the movie has helped them with whatever they're going through.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, you mentioned you wanted to see or you wanted people to see what it was like to be you, which is really cool because that side did come out in Headstrong. So you got to see you interacting with fans and going about in public. But you also got this deeper issue, which is really um, something that's in the forefront of all the sporting world, not just uh, wrestling, but football and any contact sport.
1: Yeah, and in which I knew, you know, for most of my career, I didn't know uh, the dangers, the long-term possibilities that that could result from these, you know, hits in the head. Um, So I didn't tell anybody, so I could never blame Vince McMahon or blame, it's ridiculous when people go after him. Some people that haven't even wrestled for him for, you know, a small little little bit of their career. They try and go after the money. I would never do that. I never even told anybody when when I rocked my head or when I was injured. Uh, As long as I could keep working, I didn't have to tell anybody. If I can't work, well then you got to tell somebody. That's kind of the rule I came up on. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I did learn that, you know, we all learned in the last several years that uh, this concussion thing is something to take seriously. And my, my friend Chris Nowinski, who's in the movie, Dr. Nowinski, uh, he was one of the pioneers uh, with uh, looking at CTE and, and how how it's not just football but it's other sports too that that are affected by it and what causes it and um, you know I'm great to grateful to have him as a friend and I really didn't know that I was going to be like an advocate for um, for this for this area you know but after hearing the responses that I've got from people watching my movie I now um, am such an advocate. For uh, I don't know, if, if if mental health is putting it too generically, but it inspired me to start my own CBD line, which we'll talk about, and and, and my drive behind that is to find a, a, a neuro, one of the neurological protecting factors, whether it's CBD or um, a combination of all the right things. That's that's one of the projects that I'm that I'm really big on, and I believe that if I if we can uh, treat the brain in such a way it would help people, not just with CTE, but with, um, Alzheimer's, you know, um, even depression, which almost every, almost everybody can relate to.
0: Definitely. And I myself can uh, relate to some of the brain issues as well, because, well, I'll just throw it out there. I have a seizure disorder. I was born with it. So, you know, and I've had concussions throughout the days. I've had most of those tests that you went through during the movie except for the one where they put that uh, net of sensors over your head, which looked like something from a science fiction movie.
1: Right, yeah. That, that specifically records your brain waves, and uh, you listen to noises, and it tests your reaction time, and it tests uh, different patterns of how the thoughts travel throughout your brain. It's pretty trippy.
0: Yeah, man. So when I was talking to Joe, he said that you had to battle to get you to agree to do a lot of the stuff showing you getting treatment or dealing with the concussion because you, that wasn't the image that you wanted out. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. You know, um, that's a good question because, because it brings me back to a perspective that I don't really think I've talked about, you know, being a professional wrestler for 30 years, you know, I I kind of pride myself on being tough and, uh, and I didn't, people think I made it rubber because they see the damage that I'm able to sustain and endure with my job. And I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I I, I really um, have issues with that. You know, when people, oh man, I hope you're going to get better. Of course I'm going to get better. What do you think I'm going to die? Like I would get so <laughs> defensive. Um, and, and I really thought, I don't want people to watch the movie and then for the rest of my life be saying, Hey, you know, what is, is your vision better? You know, how's your head? Um, but You know, real is real. I mean, as, as time went on and I adjusted to what my real life is... Dude, that is a big part of it. If someone asks me how my vision is, I'm not offended by it at all. You know what I mean? It's like I, I didn't know that I want that I was going to be okay crossing that yeah. bridge and having people ask me about my health and having people look at me as anything other than Superman.
0: Yeah, and I, I imagine it was you didn't want to become the poster child for concussions or something like that. It would be known as that, correct?
1: Yeah, which now I hope I am, you know, like I've uh, just all the people I've met and even other other athletes that I've been networking with, you know, and and we've been sharing stories, football players, uh, um, so many of us. Uh, I hope that I am the, the poster boy. I hope I'm the poster boy for CBDs, so that I people will come to me with all the questions, and I hope that I will have the answers. You know, I've I got a really good team. Uh, I just started my CBD line with a couple of products that I'm really proud of. The brain formula is the big one. Um, that's like the spine um, that's going to be the foundation of what we're always going get, to get to, always advancing that by... Um, talking, having different scientists talk to each other that are part of my team, uh, and also looking at all the other information that's out there. You know, Okay.
0: Well, most people know, but for the people who may not know, the CBD is the medical aspect from the marijuana plant, the medical strain. So how involved are you in uh, constructing these or saying what you want done?
1: Right. So for instance, I have a pain cream, right? Um, I've used a lot of different pain creams and I use a lot more in, uh, to, um, uh, you know, to study, uh, as sources of, uh, info for, for making mine. And, um, here's how I feel most people's pain cream are, you know, they, they, they put it on, say their elbow or something. And if they tell me, you know, the, 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 the CBDs are working good cause they can feel it. You can't feel yourself heal. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, not unless you're a, unless you got some kind of mutant power, you don't feel yourself heal. Um, but I had menthol put into my pain cream. Okay. And um, yeah, and then after I tried it, uh, the formula, I said, no, I want more menthol, you know, and I had to put even more in. I said, think of like BioFreeze, like I want to put it on, I want to feel it soothing, penetrating through my uh, muscle right away, and, and get some relief and know it's working. And then on top of that, uh, these other, um, these other paint creams, you know, will have a thousand milligrams CBD, 1200 milligrams. I said, no, fuck that 3000 milligrams of CBDs because, uh, there's no federal guidelines yet. Okay. And because it, and because of that, um, the, the daily recommended dosage is anywhere from 20 milligrams to 300 milligrams. Uh, and it's hard to find what exactly to tell people. And everybody has to kind of learn what their dosage is through trial and error. Yeah. Um, yeah um so you know I, I take a couple hundred a day, and so you know if you if you've got seven hundred fifty milligrams, that bottle's not going to last you you know very long at all. so uh, three thousand milligrams in both my my tinctures uh, and my pain cream, and those are the two products that I have so far, very involved uh, as you can see. in fact, um, in a couple of weeks I'm going to be going uh, visiting a farm. In uh, in Denver, Colorado, to look at uh, look at the actual plants they're growing, um, and this will be for um, a, a future um, uh, avenue of growth where I will be getting into RVD THC.
0: That's interesting. As becoming the entrepreneur, the pop entrepreneur. I don't know.
1: I don't know if that's an actual phrase or not. But uh, <laughs> uh, the but. The industry, the industry is welcoming me like with open arms and it just feels like so right. Such a good connection. There's so many people um, that already have their companies, uh, people that do different things from distribution to testing to, you know, just business expansion, uh, international. Uh, and, and we've been meeting with so many different people that, that want to help me and that are glad, uh, and thanking me for what I'm doing saying that pro athletes, uh, need somebody like you to come out and, uh, and to be able to help all the other athletes, um, help their health, you know, help, uh, add longevity to their career. Um, and, and mostly just quality of life. You know what I mean? Like, everything works different for different people you know what I mean so I don't plan on coming up with something that like like a miracle drug that everybody's <laughs> gonna be able to take but we're looking at some really cool stuff and they're talking about saying CBG's can uh, regenerate dead brain tissue that's pretty cool really you know, yeah a little more into that Definitely. and maybe and maybe beside you know they say that uh, the oxygen helps with uh, you know with the brain with the CTE they say the stem cells helps you know and they it's a I don't know what the answer is uh, you know exactly for the best but whatever it is, I want to be there. And I do feel like with my product and with my partners, I do feel like we're all out to put the very best product that's out there. If we find one that's better, then we're going to try to learn how to do that one.
0: All right. Perfect. And you brought up a really good point, like helping other athletes and like kind of helping them get more longevity. My question is um, with the CBD like, I know in the NFL, it has like a strong like marijuana pre- uh, policy or drug policy. Do will that will the CBD show up in your bloodstream or will will that like violate NFL or other professional sports drug policies?
1: Right. So if it's just the uh, CBD, then it will not show up on a test. However, um, a lot of CBDs do contain marijuana in them. OK. So we divide that into two separate categories which we call broad spectrum rvd cbd is broad spectrum which means zero percent thc there's none in there and we do that because we want to get it more available to people there's a lot more pushback um and then um when you say um that it has full spectrum that means that the cbd does contain some thc uh sometimes it's as little as 0.3 percent which uh which counts as, as, as none for certain guidelines and not for others, but then you can get it all the way up to a one-to-one ratio as well. Okay. All right. Very cool, man. So here's, here's, here's something that's amazing uh, that I want to point out about CBDs, you know, THC has had uh a uh, pushback, you know, for, you know, um, more than a hundred years. Uh, Jack Harrer was a friend of mine. He used to tell me that hemp could save the planet. He had a book he would put out, had, there's over 20,000 uses for the plant. Um, and, wow. and it's it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, you know, Henry Ford made a car out of hemp that ran on hemp seed oil, you know what I mean? We could self supply. He wanted us to have our own stills in the backyard to make our own uh, oil. But uh, but you know, the, 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 the one percenters that rule the world, um, they're going to try to hold on to, to their money, and that's what it's all about, and people don't understand. But what I wanted to point out, though, marijuana has always, always only been associated with THC. Yeah. That's all we've ever heard of. Always ever heard of. Now, just within the last few years, now we finally are looking at CBD. That's getting to be well-known, getting to be everywhere, and we're learning. You know, other ones are coming out. CBN, uh, and uh, the thing is we only know of like maybe like five different components out of like a hundred in the marijuana plant. There's like a hundred different elements so we're gonna keep studying it because we weren't allowed to study the plant until recently Very until true. the laws were changing yeah it was illegal to study it and, and and so they held us back because they have that much power. People ask why don't they uh, why don't they realize? When they, how much money we'll make from taxing uh, marijuana, but that's not the people that prohibited. That's the f- pharmaceuticals, uh, alcohol and tobacco, fuel, uh, these guys, these guys don't make money off uh, off the taxes. That's that's the government. They're going to lose. so yeah. They're going to learn. They're going to learn how to control it. Um, and then then the, then you'll see the laws change. And then bam, they're going to buy everybody up. So so we we know that I've, all of us that have companies, we're looking at. There's a damn good possibility that if we're if we're doing well, that they'll try and buy us out. And that's one of the aspects of the business that you consider when you get into it right now.
0: Right on, man. And how much of this uh, CBD business? Came from Headstrong. Did uh, Headstrong lead into this, or was this something that was in motion before Headstrong?
1: Well, um, over the years, I've always been asked by fans, and uh, you know, how come you don't have your own <laughs> strain of weed? And and I never really. Th- yeah, I never really put a lot of energy into that because you can name weed yeah. whatever you want it to. You know what I mean? If people tell me, people tell me all the time, dude, I grew some bud and called it RVD four twenty. Okay, you know. So if I have if I grow my own and say this is RVD four twenty, then you know what the hell? And who's even going to know? But in today's day and age, now with the packaging and 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 the direction that it's going, uh, celebrities are. Uh, making their own brand and, and doing well with it, so so I was interested in having some conversations with people like that, and that kind of led to um, my partners who already had a CBD company, um, and. And so, uh, you know, they basically had the machine to already run through. They already knew how to do everything to put the UPC symbols or whatever they're called on the packaging, you know, stuff that, stuff that I would that I would never be able to do. And so, uh, you know we we just joined forces and uh, and have been uh, working together and um that's that's how it got to be specifically about cbd uh, but i was reading you know like in uh, i read an article that and i think it was time magazine but nfl was looking at cbgs and considering using cbgs uh, as a pregame pill for the football players to take and it would protect their brain going out there, which sounds kind of crazy that it could work that way. But I was just thinking that was the first time I heard of CBGs. And I was thinking like, dude, I want to look into that. I bet, I bet you um, NFL has a lot more oh, yeah. red tape to cut through than I do. You know, they got to and, and I figure all the, sponsors they got MPs and all because i keep hearing over the years that they're going to consider letting the players use marijuana uh because it protects their brain and then i hear not really they're just saying that for their sponsors um dude wow. i've had over 500 concussions and before this before this very one concussion uh, that i that ended up being a whole movie headstrong on amazon
0: Yes, we'll have to jump back into talking about the movie here in a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, before that, before that one concussion, though, I never had any lasting symptoms, and I always thought maybe it was because I had a lot of marijuana on the brain, you know. And, and I talked to Dr. Chris Lewinsky about that years ago, before anybody else was. I said, "Dude, I know the Alzheimer is a lot like CTE in the way that it's a protein that that sits on the brain and blocks the." you know, the the pathways. And I, I said, is it possible that since I have been smoking so much that maybe that's protecting me from concussion damage? And he said, you're probably onto something, but in order to do a study on that, he said, you would need so ungodly amounts of money in order to even start that. And so it didn't really go that, that, that far, but now, it turns out, you know, that, that yeah, now we know that uh, you can separate and isolate the different components of the plant. But we know that the plant does protect the brain marijuana, you know, so everyone yeah. that I even I even had like uh, I was trying to promote headstrong in Battle Creek, Michigan, where I grew up. Yeah. And they were, so the paper, the Battle Creek shopper had this big story they were doing on me. Uh, uh you know i i gave them a big interview gave him photos i had all kinds of stuff and then at the very end the guy disappeared when i got a hold of him he said oh yeah my editor uh canceled the story because he read online that you said that um you wrestled while you were high i felt like that's the kind of pushback that i get but when you look at it um you know, words are words, but I'm yeah. telling you, the fact, the fact that I had THC on the brain probably protected me through, you know, hundreds and hundreds of matches where I didn't get concussions or the concussions that I got didn't last. Sometimes the sound will go out. Uh, you know, sometimes it would be like everything's in slow motion for a few seconds. Uh, sometimes I see double, which is what happened in, uh, on Headstrong yeah definitely so
0: does the wwe have any sort of substance policy
1: oh absolutely this is really well known um and it changes sometimes you know throughout time you know so I, i haven't been around to tell you exactly what what the current one is but um you know for instance when i was there in 2013 i did my return they weren't testing for marijuana um I w- oh, no, I'm sorry. They weren't testing back when I was there from 2001 to 2006 or Okay. They didn't test for that. But they had the right to. It was on the list of banned substances, uh, but they were being kind of easy on it. And then, um, you know, wrestlers started dropping dead. Even though it wasn't marijuana, they got stricter on their drug policies. And um, so then when I was there in 2013 – uh, they were testing for marijuana. Uh, I was there for three months. Um, yeah. I, I I just decided, you know, for the experience, I won't smoke. Took a month off before went and did the whole thing. So I did about four months without smoking, so I could compare and whatever. And then, 2014, I went back for another run for five months. This time, I said, "Fuck it, I'll just I'll just pay the fines." And it was a grand each time. I heard after I left, twenty five hundred dollars each time you get fined for marijuana. It's a really extensive list of different pharmaceuticals that they don't want you to take. And wrestlers are always getting into uh, situations where they feel like their prescription is warranted by the doctor. And then there's, um, you know, and then there's sometimes, you know, some, some pushback even then.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that in other sports as well, like uh, some doctor prescribed them pain pills, and that medication is on the banned list for whatever organization they're in.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But, I mean, I, they, they, got, they got the guy, WWE got the guy, created the drug testing program for the Olympics, Dr. Black. So he was really good. I remember one of the wrestlers looking at the at the list of controlled substances and they banned you know banned substances And i think it was uh um Velvinus, but he said hey he said um ephedrine we can't take ephedrine like that's you get that at the time it was legal everywhere you could get 25 milligram ephedrine yeah. hydrochloride tablets at the gas station you know all the time to keep for truckers to keep it awake and uh dr black you know it was anyway it was on the list that even though it was legal and over the counter they still didn't want us to take it but you know a lot of the wrestlers um they, they overdo it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the reason that I really uh, want to come up with ways to uh, protect the brain is because one, I don't want to go out like a lot of my friends have. And two, I don't want to have them keep doing it either because so many of my friends have committed suicide and it's, and it's always either, um, and- well, it's always from depression that they trace back to concussions almost always. The only other way they die besides suicide yeah. is by over, accidentally overdosing on drugs, and then they don't wake and then they don't wake up. And I mean, I I mean, dozens of my friends have gone that way. And you know, uh, spoiler in the movie, I don't have CTE after I get all checked out. But you know, I don't know that that won't come back years from now um, if I if I'm not doing the right things to take care of myself. And in fact, I'm still wrestling. Uh, which I didn't know that I would be when I was making that <laughs> movie. It's like the movie. mafia. You know, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And, uh, sun- yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday's uh, match with Brian Cage. I whacked my head twice. I was knocked silly, and then I knocked <laughs> myself silly with the Van Terminator when I was already knocked silly. Uh, so so that's not good. I am trying to be more careful uh, after everything that I've learned. Uh, but, you know, um sometimes it's almost unavoidable when you're in such a physical environment
0: but yeah and now I, I actually learned this like in the credits of the movie or at the end of the movie the wwe has stopped like uh, using objects to strike people's heads with like uh folding chairs is that correct
1: that is true
0: what was the time on that was that like before the movie or after the movie that
1: that was before the movie. I think I think it was like two thousand and seven or, or something. You know, it was what what really like kicked it all off was uh, the Chris Benoit tragedy, right? Uh, Chris Benoit. Everyone knew Chris yeah. Benoit. He was on top, and then then they're telling us that he uh, killed his wife and his little son and himself and you know we all knew knew him pretty well and you know had to have at least some kind of excuse in our head something that we could believe um, you know and i wasn't even sure that it wasn't a frame a frame job it was just so crazy so bizarre to accept and then chris nowinski talked his dad into giving him his brain because um, they had looked at i think 100 and Nineteen out of 120 NFL players' brains, and uh, and they all had they all had CTE. Yeah, that's uh, Chris Chris Winkski's movie's Head Games, by the way. Um, very very good. Uh, I didn't see that before making Headstrong, or else I, I don't know. I would have been a little more shook up, I think, honestly, because it shows you know it shows some people that can't yeah. tell you what day of week it is. You know what comes after February? It's uh it's you know the numbers. And um so that's pretty scary to to think that because it is a degenerative disease, the CTE, you know. Um, so um, what are we talking about? No, I'm trying to trying to go I went off <laughs> I went off so far.
0: We we're talking about CTE, C B D, head trauma, that. uh drug policies and all of that good stuff. So let's let's uh let's go back to uh, talking about headstrong, and let's step away from the head trauma for a second, and let's talk about your stand-up comedy. Like, uh, how long have you actually been doing stand-up, and uh, when? Like, how did you decide to take the stage doing yeah, stand-up so, comedy? Uh,
1: same answer as the uh, the ban on the chair shots. I think it was around two thousand seven. Um, yeah, which by okay. the way, uh, outside of WWE the other wrestling promotions, they all still do whatever they want, which is almost all, it almost always shares okay. to the head. I see it still happening all the time. And, you know, um, probably not necessary, you know, might be, uh, you know, I definitely want to try and defend myself a little more with my hand and, you know, we're, we're completely educated in a different way now. At least my generation was, I don't know if they're continuing that. Um, so in the, around 2007, I went to and I, by the way, I, I always watched stand up comedy as a kid. I was always a fan. I, I I have an extremely dry sense of humor. I liked Bob Newhart, um, and I liked uh, Stephen Wright. He was my favorite comedian.
0: Definitely dry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I always knew that someday I would go on stage. You know, maybe. Maybe it would be the uh, open mic night, you know, is probably all I was thinking because I wasn't a star yet, you know, and I was still thinking someday I'm going to wrestle, someday I'm going to do martial arts movies. Of course I did it all because I'm a winner, because I'm RVD. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. so, so sometime in 2007 in California, I went to this show that I had been invited to, and it was kind of like a pro wrestling meets uh, stand-up comedy show uh, where – Uh, I'm sorry, a a comedian would be announced, you know, like by a ring announcer, come out and do his seven minutes. And then uh, the other guy would be announced and do his time. The referee would raise, would stand between them and the crowd would cheer for whoever it was. It was kind of cool. And and that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That led to me getting up on stage and uh, I've been doing it since then, but so, but um, not very often though, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go up maybe, uh maybe two or three times in a month and then i might not go up again for six seven months so it's not something i do often but i am comfortable with it um it is something i got way better with as as time went on since since my first shit you know being nervous on stage to uh to where i'm at now but i enjoy it um it's just that i mostly enjoy being home more it's hard to beat comfort Fair enough a lot of times Fair enough. And, I, and in las vegas uh, where i live there's so many uh, comedy clubs, and I have invites anytime I want to go on stage. And it'd be, you know, a lot of times when I'm out of town, I think, man, this week, maybe Wednesday, I'm going to pop down to the Strat. And then when it comes around, I'm like, nah, I'm going to bed. Ugh.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I saw at the end of the movie that you were like possibly getting a residency somewhere in Vegas, like uh, doing stand up comedy. Is that still in the works or?
1: Um, it's not. It's not real far, not in the works, but basically, I thought that when I first came here uh, to Vegas, that I, that's what I was going to do. I was just going to take over and I was going to get a, like a regular spot um, somewhere and, and be there, you know, I don't know, four nights a week, whatever. And um, as uh, Tom Garland was my manager, you know, uh, we had uh, quite a few meetings and there was a few different places that we were considering doing it at um and uh and, and it would have been cool but mostly uh, mostly it's just like how i said like i i don't i don't really want to be gone every night like i'm jealous of people that uh, that have to stay busy, like people that say they retire and then they couldn't stand staying at home, so they had to get a job. That is so. <laughs> that is so the opposite of me. I always have way, way too much shit to do, and, and I don't want to do any of it. You know, and I just want to chill and <laughs> hang out. So um, I, I hardly ever, ever, ever leave the house um, in between travel trips. And, and I think that'll, I think that'll change um, eventually. I'm still, still kind of getting used to. Uh, living in this house and still getting it set up plus it's cold out right now so i don't want to go outside then but um i used to go out it says cold in vegas right now yeah it is it is what is cold in vegas Um, just curious it's right now it's probably uh 50 ish yeah okay that's
0: that's about what it is up here in the Bay Area as yeah,
1: well. Yeah. But... <laughs> but also, um, you know, I used to go out a little bit. I, I had a few hangout spots that I was uh, becoming a regular at when I first moved here, um, but they were uh, bars, and I got a stem cell procedure in September, and afterwards, I am supposed to stay away from alcohol, caffeine, sugar, and smoke so that the stem cells can uh, multiply and do their thing without being destroyed at the same time.
0: Okay. And what were the stem stem cells for? Was that for treating concussion or well
1: that was that was part of it. Um uh, they, they checked me out and I went with reports of what I had. And um so I got new MRIs there, new scans. Uh, they put uh they put they they gave me shots uh with the stem cells in in my left wrist, in my right wrist, in my left shoulder, in my right shoulder, because they're both torn my entire back from my neck all the way down to the, to the bottom, my tailbone, because everything is arthritic and bulging. Uh, A lot of them are compressed and, uh, uh, and, uh, Let's see. Also, I got uh, facial rejuvenation, hair rejuvenation, and they shot. In, wow. And they shot into my spinal. F- yeah, Katie talked me into that while I was while I was there. Um, <laughs> and they also. Am
0: I talking to the clone of RVD right
1: now? <laughs> <laughs> or- <laughs> also, uh, they give me an intravenous tap, uh, which goes uh, another two million stem cells that go throughout your body to to find inflammation to fix, and in my spinal fluid to go up into my brain uh to to help fix any concussion damage 221 million stem cells i got yeah wow and so um you know i i do all right um you know on on all of those banned substances that i told you but you know um after the three month mark which i am i'm at like maybe week 14 maybe now um but then then your stem cells i think are stronger because they're they're uh they're doing all their work from three to six months. I don't think they're multiplying and as as uh I don't think their structures are as fragile. At least that's what I tell myself when I do want to smoke or uh or eat something with sugar. But I try. And because of that right. because of that, I don't go out very much because it sucks going out if you're not drinking, at least in my opinion, for me.
0: Fair enough, man. Fair enough. And do you feel a difference like with all those 21 million uh, stem cells inside you? Okay, so I went
1: seven weeks and I didn't feel anything. And I was really disappointed because some of the people feel it right away. And and it most people said I should have felt it. And I got, uh, I have one guy, a very good friend that happens to know everything about the body. And he was saying that you you need to follow up with laser therapy after the stem cells. He thinks they should have, uh, you know, they, they they should know that they should tell you that whatever I spent two days with him after seven weeks, gave me laser therapy, light therapy, also some machines, PMF machines, some oxygen uh, mask, a bunch of stuff, two long days. And all of a sudden, after those two days, bam, I was like 85, 90% better. It was incredible. Wow. Yeah. And I had about five good weeks, <laughs> um, five good weeks where people would say, Hey, how does how, that stem cell thing work for you? And I was like, that's right. I used to have pain. Like I couldn't, Whoa, I forgot what it was like to even that pain. I can't believe that because normally like every, you know, a lot of everything kind of hurts all the time. And for five weeks I would only hurt if I was stretching or wrestling, you know, then I would feel, uh, but otherwise my back, everything was fine. And after, after those five weeks, um, I was just in the gym, maybe feeling a little too good. I didn't go super heavy, but I was doing bent over rows, which puts a lot of pressure on your lower back. All of a sudden, okay. all of a sudden bam, my lower back was sore. And I thought, well, I'm going to do some light deadlifts, you know, maybe, maybe try and make my lower back stronger. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, my back's bad again. <laughs> it worked itself up into a pinched <laughs> nerve where I couldn't move my head last week. And uh, um, and I don't know now. My the It's supposedly – supposedly this will go away, but these are the mental games that, that I've dealt with. And some of the other people that I've talked to also deal with when you're trying to keep forward and you start wondering, wait, is this the new normal? You know, like what's the right thing <laughs> that hurt me or not hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, yeah, but it, it's us, you know, so far because, you know, I would say it was, uh, it was worth it. I'm definitely glad that I went.
0: Yeah, definitely. man. That's really cool. It's something uh, it's, it's really crazy what they can do with stem cells and I'm hoping that they can do even more with them. Uh I guess what I'm hoping for is something with the retina cuz uh I actually went blind in my eye back in 2 in my right eye back in 2007. So I'm like here cheering for stem cell research to like you know Absolutely. get get to that level. Yeah. Are are you, are you sure that, what? Are you
1: sure that it's not
0: there? Um basically uh, well i check from time to time but uh everything that is most things for the eye have to do with like the cones the rods and like the everything except for the retina because i i i don't know i guess it's one of the more complex parts of the eye but if somebody's listening to this and uh knows like uh you know something about uh stem cell research in the retina and it's like there let me know damn <laughs> yeah but it, it's cool to hear what stem cell research can do for you that's why you know i'm bringing that up
1: yeah Ryback, by the way um uh, was one of the referrals i talked to him before i went because he had gone uh these guys were hooking up all the wrestlers down in uh medellin colombia in south america and um ray mysterio and um uh kevin nash a bunch of guys but Ryback. Uh, told me that while he was there for like the four days of treatment, um, maybe it was five days. I think it's four. That uh, by the last day, that his eyesight was better. He said he was in the waiting in the, in the room, uh, waiting to sign some papers or something. And he said he looked across at the clock that he'd been looking at every single day. And he said it was always blurry, and all of a sudden it was clear, and he could see it, uh, you know, sharp. So I was hopeful because my eyes. My vision has always been bad. I wore glasses since I was two years old. And oh wow! Getting concussions wow. hasn't helped it either.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy in my case because I was like 20/20 20, 20 vision. And then all of a sudden, like due to uh, a hormone code called, hom- called homocysteine, which makes your blood clot. Like uh, my homocysteine was like three times what the suggested cutoff limit is. And, uh, basically had a stroke in my retinal artery at the age of 27.
1: Damn. So
0: that just came out of the blue. The eye went smoky and then faded to black. I'm like,
1: uh, wow. shit. Bummer. Yeah. Well, you know, but it could have,
0: could have been worse, right? It could have. It could have. I still have movement of all my limbs. I'm still alive, still upright. Got and, your other eye. Uh, I Got have you. my other eye. I do right. bump into shit. But <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man.
0: But that, but, but you cool. know, that's if that's the worst thing, you know, that's all. I guess I can deal with it because you, know, you never know what you can deal with until you're put in the position where you have to deal with it.
1: Isn't that the truth? That's so true. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have been there where I didn't know if I was going to be able to deal with it or not. As crazy as it sounds, you know, this is uh, something I cover on Headstrong too. Like people are shocked how. Honest I am, but I was like, you know, I didn't use, you know, I used to like just want everyone to think of me as Superman. So I had a hard time with, you know, like without wanting to open up and be vulnerable. But I'm so glad people come up to me and they tell me, dude, I can relate to you. I had no idea no idea they could relate to yeah. you. And like we all go through shit, you know, and I knew I knew everything was gonna be cool and I was always gonna be R V D and I was always gonna be able to find love everywhere I go. People are always excited to see me, you know, it's it is awesome. But at the same time, I just didn't know that I was gonna ever be able to pick my face up off the ground. That's how low <laughs> I felt. it was just it was like I don't know if I, I don't think I have this. And I didn't even yeah. help, you know I couldn't get up by myself. And so that's something a lot of people can relate to so i hope i am the poster child for uh to talk about concussion and i uh, concussion awareness because uh even more than wanting to uh, create a, a pill uh with, with cbd whatever in it that you know that can really help the brain even more than how much i want that is i want the world to do it the universe to fix the issue wherever it comes from you know what i mean definitely I want, yeah, I want there to be some answers. And and it's got to talk with uh, concussion awareness. Like people are shocked that I would even talk about concussions because it's such a naughty word. And that's, you know, that has to stop. In order to move forward. So, you know, I'm all about awareness. Like, I'll talk about it, hoping other people will talk about it, hoping, you know, that, that people will be talking about uh, being able to do something about it. Yeah,
0: as I, I was going to say, I hope right. this inspires uh, people that see headstrong, whether it's other athletes or other people who have had head traumas, to come out and talk about what they're dealing with and the severity of it, you know, and what you need to do to get help. I think that is also another important part.
1: For sure, man. So I'm all about that. And I didn't know that I was until, you know, kind of like a new meaning in the last few years after I went through my, uh, my, my low times, uh, you know, as I came back and uh, rebuilt everything, I feel like this is a, this is a, a cause that I, really get behind you know I've been really hurt by some of my friends uh you know off often themselves you know yeah it, it really hurts the people that that stay back that are alive and um I, I you know um if, if we don't talk about it then then it's not gonna go anywhere you know if we hide it and if we if we hide you know the that we're depressed and we don't we hide you know the uh, almost all my peers say that they have long-term concussion uh, concussion damage which isn't the same thing as cte that's the thing people are using the word cte and throwing it around uh too loosely like kleenex you know as if it covers everything uh everything people say oh yeah i know i got cte because i see stars when i look it's like no dude that's cte specifically is, is your brain rotting away until it dies and you die and uh and you don't want that and it's uh, it, it's, it's crazy that we're not, we're not far enough ahead yet, Yeah. Um, but we want to be, you know, it used to be, you had to die first before they could find it. Now they're finding ways. Now they're saying they're on the edge, you know, being able to, to tell you, and they cause, you know, they searched my head for, um, different areas of abnormalities, inflammation, dark areas. And they, they say, I had like, I had four different doctors look at my MRIs. Um, and, and, you know, they can, they can do that, but it's kind of, um, it's not a hundred percent definite and, and then and then you got to go get checked out first anyway, which yeah. a lot of people aren't you're going to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one thing I'm happy that you did during the movie Strong, It was near the end where you were talking to the doctor about what you were just saying right there was the difference between CTE and uh, like residual damage from a concussion or head trauma. Uh like he kind of broke that down a little bit right there. That was really cool that you went into that. So it maybe it will help people who are like thinking like oh i see stars i see floaters and stuff like that uh be able to be like okay maybe this isn't that but i should still probably be careful about the head trauma
1: which by the way floaters are actually caused from something in your stomach i just found that out recently really? yeah you need probiotics interesting yeah my friend that uh that knows everything about the body that fixed me fixed me up in two days at, at his house uh I, I trust him, so you know. I heard him say that, and I don't see floaters, uh, but I believe him though. Yeah, yeah, all right. That that's interesting. You hear here right here on Uncontained. He says you have a brain up here, but you also have a brain down there in your stomach, and um, uh, and so there's like a not below the stomach. <laughs> there's another. He did say he did. He actually did say that, that we, we got, we men have three brains. You're right. He did say that. <laughs> yeah. Let you continue.
0: I want to hear what you said about the brain and the stomach. Yeah.
1: Just that, just that you had, he was just saying how you have to treat that separately than, than you treat your brain because it's attached to a whole bunch of different systems. And he's, he's an herbologist. He's, he's like just a, a hair away from being a scientist and he could go for his PhD, but he doesn't want to, but um, he's, he's somebody I, I wish I would have known, uh, you know, several years ago. And, uh, he, you know, that's, I'm blown away with, with the knowledge, Whenever I love to talk to people that, that know more than me about stuff and, you know, definitely try to keep up as much as I can okay
0: i have one more question about uh, headstrong before we move into the closing questions here okay. that i have we mentioned a couple times where you like wanted to keep the superman image and now you're happy that you're happy that you let down the guard and let people in on your concussion now between shooting the film and when you started to get positive reactions from the film what what were you feeling were you fearful were you worried at all about how it would be received
1: well of course i was worried about how it would be received you know because um i i made that movie with uh with joe clark you know um yeah and that's i've never uh made a movie before you know what i mean like i was we were both involved like seriously like pretty much frame by frame with audio and video and I had like, uh, he was using a lot of what he knows because he's a movie maker and I was using energy as I felt it. Yeah. And sometimes I, drove, sometimes I drove him nuts, you know, cause he was just like, Rob, we gotta call it quits at some time, but I'm just, and he, you know, twice he made me sign uh, something that said uh, that the movie was done after these last two edits. And then a few days later I'd say, Joe, dude, I got four quick little changes cause I would watch the movie yeah. and I'd say, I'd say, damn, you know, that sound needs to start, you know, after you see this or whatever. And, and so I was, of course, uh, very curious how people would take it, but we worked so hard on it. We got it to a point where I knew it was really good. And I was like, people aren't gonna believe that I made this movie anyway, he's gonna get all the credit for it. Um, but uh, I, I was like really proud of it. I, I had no idea that it would affect people in a personal way and they would uh, be able to deal with their lives, uh, you know, f- through it. But I just knew that it was a damn, uh, a damn good movie and entertaining. And I liked how, you know, originally it was going to be about the stand-up comedy, but in the end, the stand-up is not a very big part of it. You know? <laughs> but, but but what is on there of the stand-up, then you get to see how I am. You get to you get to witness my dry sense of humor and see how comfortable i am on stage and so so that was cool and um you know people think uh you know i I know you are you looking to do more uh kyle i'm really not looking to do anything you know what i mean um i'm just an opportunist and um uh, i haven't actually i've only actually picked up a phone call to, to try to get work one time that i can think of in like probably uh at least uh 10 15 years and that was that was, I did have to call Triple H when I made my return to WWE. Okay. Yeah, um, that was the process. Uh, but besides that, I just go through offers, and uh, a lot of them I don't want to do anyway. My standards get higher all the time because I do want to spend more time at home. Um, and my body is telling me, you know, <laughs> to stay at home more, too. But I really think the C- <laughs> CBD thing's about to blow up. Um, and, you know, the. Uh, Headstrong is always going to be kind of tagged onto it. I think when when I'm talking about the brain, because um, you know you can actually witness what I'm talking about and witness my experiences with concussions by watching this movie and learn how it's affected me. You learn a lot about me. You learn a lot more about me than you ever than you ever thought you knew, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah, man. And if anybody out there thinks wrestling is fake, like watch this. Yes, that's scripted, of course, right? It's scripted, you know who's gonna win the match before you go into it. Is that but what scripted means though? At least at least one definition of it. Whenever like, people refer to it like, what, what what's what's your okay. definition? Like what, okay. what would you say?
1: Well, it's just I always I always think it's silly when people refer to it as being scripted because I feel like I think the that the fans probably think that we actually are handed a enough. script that tells us like what like what ma- what moves we're gonna do in the match or whatever and it's like you know and it's like I I don't know it's not that so I don't okay. want the fans to think that but but it, it definitely but it definitely is more about. Um, entertaining uh, the fans and exhibiting your athletic abilities or your characteristic abilities. Cause it's a, it's an art form that is a, a showcasing uh, and an exhibition of, uh, of fighting skills, you know? So it's not it's definitely, yeah, it isn't so much about winning and losing, although the fans still care very about true. it very, very much The the business has changed so much uh, to a point to where the fans think that they're smart to everything, uh, <laughs> which I love that, that they really don't, but that's who we're catering to. Uh, I don't like how the the young wrestlers use that to do uh, moves and things that, that wouldn't have worked back in the day, yeah. but that's just because I'm old school. So of course I'm going to cringe watch, watching it change to here's what we could do if we didn't have to protect the business because it used to be about that. But, um, uh, I, I just talked uh, talked myself into being lost again. So I, I guess all I was getting to was um, that the fans really do still care about who who won or yeah. lost. Like they they act like they, they act like they don't. But like if if one of their if one, if they think that the wrong guy got beat on TV, they're all over the internet like that's bullshit. How they treat him, How Vince is so stupid <laughs> as if they know more than Vince McMahon. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah it's crazy yeah crazy. you know
0: it's kind of like um like i guess scripted in the way is more of uh, improved in a way instead but with like the, the i interviewed john lear okay he's the geico caveman and uh he did a couple shows he's on like tbs or hulu where the whole thing was improv the only thing that was set and written out was the scene so as like this takes place at the supermarket this happens this happens but everything else was Uh, ad lib improv and stuff like that so am i is that more of what it's like in the W? like during a wwe match you have like certain things you have to hit and then from there it's just go
1: but I think it's not that easy to explain or to understand because there's a level of competition to it that the fans don't know about because of course you're trying to stand out. You want to be the guy in the main event. You want to be the guy that's making the most money. So you want to, so, you know, you want to look good. You want to look tough. And there's actually, um, that And a lot of that competition happens, you know, not in the one, two, three, but in, First off, even in talking about putting the match together or something it so, sometimes it's just like no nah, you know they want to you know and, and the new guys they want to give you eighteen power bombs off the top rope and kick out of everyone and they go to the net that's that that stuff is not not my favorite style yeah. Either, but, um, so there's there, but there's some competition, you know, there's something called a receipt where old school guys like me, when we're in the ring, if you punch me and, uh, and you punch me really hard, I'm coming right back immediately, punching you right in the face. Uh, not like a wrestling punch, like punching you in the face. That's called a receipt and uh, keeps you in check. And then now the move's yours. You want to step it up? You want it to escalate or, or or you know you want to you want to calm down and uh, there's things like that that fans would you know couldn't understand I don't think unless they did it you know when when I was at my um, I don't know the years that fans would say that, that I was at my peak yeah you know, like through through all of through all of ECW and through most of WWE um, uh, in order to be in the mind frame that I was to do what I did I was so competitive that you know I looked at everybody else as if Uh, you know, I would be like, oh, fuck those guys, man. I would kick their ass, you know. And I looked at everybody like that. Um, and it was just that mindset, you know, like everyone's out trying to get my job, probably talking shit behind my back, they're politicking, you know, these guys are talking to their bosses, you know, about not going with the plans with me. And it's like, and I, you know, and it was just like, man, these guys think they're better than they are. And I looked at everybody so competitively and, and it was like a, an enlightening moment in my life, uh, after I went through all this, uh, all, a bunch of stuff as in yeah. Strong, get it on Amazon. <laughs> um, but, but when I <laughs> when you know, I – mean, I'm still coming out of it, though, as I'm realizing that opportunities are opening in life. This is all still part of my comeback. Yeah, you know what definitely. I mean? It's,
0: man, that, that's a good insight into – the world of professional wrestling i think it kind of what goes on obviously probably can't explain everything right now in the time that we have uh but it's really cool to kind of hear it from a wrestler himself uh what i've always found kind of funny is you know there's people that will complain about the wwf or wwe being fake but Still watch like a movie like um uh, like a Schwarzenegger movie and know that fight is scripted like really scripted you know and not complain about it
1: well well uh, i think you're i really feel like you're comparing apples to oranges there though because one is uh live yeah. action you know uh, one you're not even watching arnold Schwarzenegger jump off a real skyscraper no. that's not really happening um You know that's movie magic so it's really hard to compare the two and um wrestling is as i said such a uh uh, a phenomenal um existence that it is you know it's not the same thing as as a movie i'm not you know in a movie in a movie you can you can make me uh whatever you want, I'll play the part, you know, if it's, you know, you want me to be gay, you want me to uh, uh, be an asshole, you want me to be uh bank robber, whatever, That's that's a movie, but when you try and get away with that in wrestling, I got to say, hey, wait a minute, though, I've been RVD for 30 years, and I had to tell WWE that in 2001 because I'd been RVD for, um, I guess, 10 years. And it was like, it's not the same as playing, you know, is it in act, acting as a role of somebody else? I mean, this is the real me. Uh, and, and so, you know, so it, it, it's yeah. way different, you know, and, and they do care. They care. Wrestlers care about how they get beat. You know, if wrestlers are going to lose a match, uh, they want it to be set up so they don't look weak uh, so that they can look as strong, as good as possible. And then, and, and then sometimes, you know, you want to give them their energy back afterwards. And that's been real. I've slapped people before and then after i realized that they they weren't going to fight i have i felt since i'm such a nice guy i felt like that that i wanted to give them energy back and started pretending i was laughing and joking with them just so everybody else you know wouldn't give them more negative energy because i guess what i was saying there wasn't necessarily
0: comparing wrestling and action movies together it was comparing reactions of like fans or the audience to Uh because like I I, I was kind of pointing out that with all the actual physical action that goes on in the in professional wrestling, uh people will complain about that being fake. But when everything in a film is like done by stunt people and stuff like that, people don't say anything about that. So I think we're on the same line there in a way, but just from different perspectives.
1: Well having but but I can tell you from both sides because I have been in uh, probably like about a dozen movies and a lot of them a lot of them are action and uh, and as you said it's not me usually taking the fall it's a stunt guy I I try to do everything myself and, and so quite often it is that way you can show the actor's face um, but of course there's usually like some padding sometimes they want to have you wear this big vest to protect you and I'm always fighting against that because I'm a tough guy and that's what we do (laughs) but um but but i can tell you like when somebody asks me um is wrestling fake and they really want to know it's so easy to say well let me just body slam you one time and then you tell me definitely did we did we uh get what are the five star questions?
0: Uh, well, actually, I didn't jump to those, but the first one is: What advice do you give to people who are looking to get into the professional wrestling business,
1: uh, um, or entertainment in general? Entertainment in general. Well, first off, I would say believe in yourself. Um, you know, even though I have a cool name, you know, I grew up in a little town, Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, with a different name, and nobody nobody in Battle Creek knew anybody famous. Nobody knew anybody on the other side of the TV that we were watching, and, and I wanted to be a a big star, you know? And so, uh, so I didn't have a lot of people telling me, Oh sure, you're gonna, you're gonna do it. And I wasn't, you know, like the top, uh, I wasn't in like the theatrical, um, acting at my school and, you know, and, and, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't get on stage, you know, in front of uh, the lunchroom. I would have been, you know, I was actually pretty shy, but, uh, you know, it was wrestling that made me, uh, Want to want to go down that path, and I I loved martial arts and wanted to do movies, and I've done that. And everyone loves movies, you know, and it's it's led to um, other opportunities as well, of course. And then once uh, once I reach a certain level of being a superstar, now I got value no matter what I do, because um, some people are going to be interested in it, and it's awesome, and it's yeah. awesome, and it's a I'm very grateful for my life. Um, I can't imagine going to work nine to five, like a lot of uh, people do. Uh, uh, Katie, Katie Forbes, my amazing, beautiful girlfriend. uh, And I say that all the time. Like we just, we just have the best life. I worked really hard for it. So I would say believe in yourself and and learn um, all you can about, What you want to do, and then doesn't necessarily mean you know, it doesn't mean be like everybody else, but you got to learn what everybody else does. That
0: is uh, some really good advice, and I I like that at the end. You don't necessarily got to be like everybody else, but you got to know what they're doing in order to either do it
1: better or do it different, right? Yeah, no, you got it, you got it. Everyone's a teacher. You know, either, t- either way how you look at it. You you learn from everything. Learn not learn how not to do it or learn to do it you know, uh, and you gotta fit, you gotta learn how everyone else does it because you have to be uh, compatible. That's something like people watched me wrestle and now a whole generation of wrestlers are doing like RVD moves, but I didn't teach them. So a lot of them have replaced the wrestling match, the story with these cool moves and they don't understand why it doesn't mean as much as it did when I did it. I never replaced anything I added to it and I had to get my stuff in. I was wrestling against big 300 pound guys and I was like, and yeah. I had to be quick enough to jump up and spin 360 degrees before I drop a leg on them if I wanted to get it in. And and, and you know nowadays, as I said, um, now everyone's working together so much because it's not about protecting the business. And so so there's a lot that's different. And the fans, they might not be able to put their finger on it, um, but but they know, uh, but they know um, better from worse. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, just it's good to know how everybody, how it works so that you can be compatible and uh, not have to uh, change, not have to have other people uh, change what they're doing to to accommodate you.
0: Right on, man. Right on. I can't say it better myself. So uh, what what is it that you are currently doing uh, to promote yourself? Are you doing anything on social media to promote, uh, say, Headstrong or uh, your new line of uh, cannabis products? Yeah,
1: so you can find me at the Real RVD on uh, social media, and um, also on Instagram we have RVD CBD. Which we're at the embryonic stages of of the company. Like we're actually uh, just this week becoming accessible through our website which is also rvdcbd.com. Nice. For the customers, everything so far, like we just, maybe about a month ago, we premiered at a, a big uh, convention here in Las Vegas. And we've all, are, we've had a lot of meetings that are business to business about expanding and uh, doing more products, growing, uh, distributing, and, you know, internationally, like, like I said, and going to other cons. And uh, because of that, um, you know, the fans know about us, but, uh, they're just now starting to get into some of the stores my product and so we're just we're, we're just at that stage so i don't know how active the instagram account is at rvd cbd uh, but uh but that is something where you can find however recent it is at least uh you know the most the most recent stuff that that we've got and um and i use twitter and, and instagram
0: all right perfect man so uh uh I'll get your handles for Twitter and Instagram a little bit later, right before we uh, do the final question Uh, real quick though. What would be a highlight? Not necessarily the highlight of your career. Cause that's kind of a dick question to ask, but what would be a highlight that you care to share with the uncontained audience?
1: Um, Let's see. One popped in my mind when I was thinking about wrestling. Um, This is like 95. It might be 96. It's 95 I'm pretty sure it's 95. And at the time I was wrestling for All Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, They would do tours in Japan from, the the short ones were in February for two weeks, and the long ones were like four or five weeks, like the November Tag Team Tournament. But um, I would wrestle for uh, All Japan, and we would do the tour, and it would end at the uh, Tokyo Budokan, and that was the big show of the tour. It always ended there levels okay so, so at this point in my career this was the biggest crowd i've wrestled in front of thousand, uh maybe a little bit more and um i was wrestling danny Crawford, uh who a lot of people might not be familiar with because he isn't around wrestling anymore but abdul the butcher called him uh the, the genius because he was just so smart and so entertaining and uh I was wrestling him in a singles match, and I really meant a lot in the company. This was the first time to give RVD a singles match in the in the big show. Usually, they had me in six-man tag matches or something. Um, in a way, to protect me because I was green, you know. Um, yeah. And so this was a big deal. And Danny Crawford told me uh, before he said, um, "I want you to uh, to." to think of all the moves that you like to do every move that you know you would want to get into the uh into the match and tell me and uh, he says I'm going to uh, I'm going to teach you how to make it really mean something and uh, we went out there and and for the first time um I felt the crowd really connect in such a way that as the match went on the the crowd reaction got louder and louder and the moves meant so much more. And and by the end, they thought that we, one of us might really win. And, you know, um, wrestling style has changed a lot since then. But, uh, for me, for me, that was a really good moment where Danny Crawford taught me, um, how to, how to tell a story, in the ring prior to that i was too green to really know and i was just trying to show off and get my moves in
0: nice man nice that's a that's cool the first time you hear that crowd cheer has to be especially in like a big arena has to be something right
1: super cool
0: but yeah all right i have actually just two more questions okay. left for you and then uh we'll roll out of here all right that's it. so this one, I'm really interested to hear. Is there something that you want somebody who comes to see RVD to remember and take away?
1: I like that that uh, people think of me as being different. That that became really important to me at some point in my career. You know, the music they played for me when I was in WWE, they, they made it for me. It's called One of a Kind. And, and I noticed when JR was calling all of my moves, you know, he would say, um, you know, how unorthodox my style was. And uh, I was just coming to terms uh, with that, with learning about that and in identifying with it, you know, like in ECW um, is where, you know, I, I mean, I always wanted to do moves I'd never seen before. I always strived to be different, but um, it, for some reason, at some point I like people to look at me as not being uh you know, just, just one of the sheeple. And maybe that's because of my opinion on how most people are. I'm so glad to be different than my views of how the status quo lives and their life and how they think and everything as healish as that is to say. Um, I think that is, that is uh, part of it. Um, but um, I also am a game changer, you know, and I, I, I like, I like uh, my accomplishments that I've had and how that's changed uh, the industry of wrestling, uh, for instance. And, and if it's changed other people, if actors, you know, are able to um, uh, learn just from hearing me and apply it to themselves and, and, they, and they go that route with it, whatever, then, then that's great. Um, I like being um, a nonconformist.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. So uh, all right, I have one more question for you, then I'll have you sign off the show before, before that question though, where can people find you in your corner of the internet? What's your social media, your, uh, where can they find Rob Van Dam?
1: You can find me at the real RVD everywhere. That's my handle. I'm certified. So, you know, it's me and, um, and Amazon uh, headstrong, by the way uh, it's been out since February, but we had a a middleman that totally ripped us off. And and so they've kept 100% of the money and we had a struggle getting it from, they're called Distriber, that's the name of them, Distriber, they're an aggregator. You pay them to load it on the platforms and they they ripped off uh, tons of independent filmmakers. But I just recently got, uh, got it back, and I just recently got it loaded back up on Amazon, so nice. I am going to be uh, trying to get the word out again because I know not everyone has seen it, but um, I, don't, I, I just want you to know you're not going to find it on iTunes or, or Netflix or anything. Just Amazon and Fight Network if you want to go there.
0: All right, perfect, man. So uh, check it out. I've actually watched it twice. I watched it a few months ago, and then uh, I rewatched it today, right before here, so I was fresh in my mind.
1: Awesome. Thank, thank you for doing.
0: Yeah, definitely, dude. Got to do my homework, and especially it's fun doing your homework when you enjoy it, like watching a movie. All right, Rob, it was great having you on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time and talking with me and uh, sharing your story with my audience and also uh, being able to put yourself out there like you did in Headstrong. I really uh, admire that as well. So I got that one final question for you, the title question of the show. RVD, how do you live uncontained?
1: How do I live uncontained? I mean, that, this is uh, this is... Very much like I just said, you know, about being a nonconformist. I mean, it's all about uh, not having things, uh, uh, not allowing uh, anything but me to not only contain my energy but share my energy to um, and, and feel other energies. You know, I'm I'm very energy conscious, and I think in that way that I'm very uh, that I'm very uncontained. All right, <laughs> I, wanna, I, I want to, I want to. Talk about, I want to add something on if it's okay with you. Yeah, go for it. You, What what was your takeaway from the movie Headstrong? If you could say this is my takeaway, sum it up, something you learned or, or what you think it's about. That's a good, good question. I
0: know it, like I have some inside information on it, so it's a little different. Yeah. Uh, but like I knew even if I was watching it, just as not have seen anything I would have been able to tell. It was a movie that was supposed to be about a stand-up tour that got kind of uh, taken a different direction by something that was serious and real. So I guess the, like, on one hand, it'd be like, go where the story is, as far as from an entertainment thing is, let the story happen in a fold naturally. And then also um, it related to me on a level of like, you know, with my seizure disorder that I have, like the whole brain trauma thing and stuff like kind of hit home with me and seeing you go through those tests, the CAT scans, MRIs, EEGs, EKGs, and like all of that stuff that, that I've had done. It's like, man, that's no fun doing that stuff. So it, it hit home on me on a couple different levels. So, but the main takeaway is take care of your head.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, my takeaway after watching the movie, and I didn't even see this until I watched the movie. Um, But I believe, because I didn't take care of my concussion right away, after my match that I got it in, I think that's why the symptoms lasted so long. Yeah, and Dr. Chris Nowinski, you're supposed to rest. And you're supposed to um, not stimulate your brain. Put yourself in a dark room. Um, I did the opposite. I tried to stimulate my brain. Um, you know, I tried to stay up, tried to watch TV, tried to read, and then I went on a comedy tour. And he told me not to, Chris Nowitzki. He said, "You're not going to be able to, to do the thing." And then I felt like it was a challenge, you know, to be on stage in front of people and uh, when I have a concussion. And uh, <laughs> but when I look back at it, I think had I not done that had I not made this movie maybe I, the damage wouldn't have been there to make the movie about so isn't that ironic
0: yeah yeah but then also if you didn't make this movie maybe you wouldn't be near as aware of like uh you know what you've been what's been happening to your head and like true, one too. more takeaway before I, we get to the sign off is that sometimes You have to let down like your ego, your machismo in order to really connect with people. Yeah. Once you let people in to see your vulnerability, that will help make that connection and let them see you as human. And that's what a lot of people want.
1: I agree. I agree. And be honest always, because that way, uh, you know, we're living history, be honest. So people know the truth. People know how things are really happening and uh, they can judge you by the real you. And that's, that's the way that I live. That's, that's why RVD is uncontained. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. Hey, but also you asked me what I had to give up, uh, in order to follow my dreams and stuff. And, um, the, the thing that stands out the most is I had to give up uh, trying to meet other people's values.
0: Oh, wow. I haven't ever actually heard that on this show. I like that. Could you explain just a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah, because we all have our own values. And when you're a kid in school, you don't understand that. You don't know that. So kids are stupid. You know, they say, why are you wearing those shoes? And why are you hanging out with that boy? People don't like him. And and hopefully that eventually, uh, as you get to be an adult, um, especially outside of the wrestling uh, dressing room, then you realize uh, that you, you have your own values. And if you get to know your own values and your own priorities, you learn a lot about yourself and why you do things. And, um, and then it's just, it's a great way to live. So um, I have my own values. And so it's like, well, you know, I have a bun on my head. Why do you have a bun on your head? Uh, because Katie Forbes loves it. She told me to she told me to uh, put my hair in pigtails right now, I think I would.
0: You can't argue with you know, that right there. You we to
1: do that, baby? <laughs> yeah. But uh um <laughs> anyway, there you go. So but but yeah, um, you know, you are trying to especially as a kid, when you're trying to fit in, you know, if you're different, they're gonna make fun of you, whether it's a racial thing or whether you're the fat kid or whether you wear glass I wore glasses, you know, so I had to do um as a kid and um and and it's like it's stupid and hopefully you outgrow it and then you learn it's okay that your values aren't the same as other people's values nobody no two values are the exact same that's that's what makes us us that's what makes us uh judge we judge everything we judge people we judge um life by our own values and um and that's why we go for what we go for in life
0: Perfect, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on, sharing, um, sharing your knowledge with us. And uh, yeah, I apologize if we went a little bit over the time that you expected here, but uh, I, I could have gone off for a little while longer. Yeah. Gotta yeah. get to your evening. Yeah. And I got one final thing for you to do, Rob. Will you do me the honor? of signing off the show tonight.
1: Yeah, Yes, I will. And I told you, I don't give very short answers, but Katie Forbes is <laughs> ready for me to, to be done. Hey, this is everyone's favorite wrestler and the whole fucking show RVD. You know I live uncontained.
0: And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Rob Van Dam for joining me and talking about his movie Headstrong and uh, the importance of being brain health yes so if you have a concussion make sure you get checked out don't don't just sleep on that stuff because cte ain't nothing to mess with it's kind of like the wu-tang clan in that essence but on a serious note i encourage everybody who is involved in contact sports to check out this uh film and uh it will help shine a light on what concussions can do to you and also get some valuable information about what cte is and uh what you can do to prevent it so uh definitely check this out as i said the link is in the show notes go ahead and click on that i'll also post it in social media and also um yeah, speaking of social media, make sure you hit me up on Facebook and Instagram and even Twitter. I'm on there from time to time as well, at Uncontained Pod. And uh, let me know what you thought of this episode, and uh, I would love to hear of any guests that you'd love to come on. Or tell me about a concussion you had, something like that. I'll write you back, I promise. So thank you for listening once again, and until next time, live uncontained